I'm Abby Lee, and welcome to A Single Conversation, Single Thread Theatre's podcast dedicated to all things immersive. Here at Single Thread Theatre, we like to think that some of the best experiences are the immersive experiences, which is why Single Thread Theatre puts on plays in non-traditional theatre spaces in order to completely immerse the audience and captivate them within the world of the play. Whether you're a rookie or an expert of the immersive experience, keep listening because we're going to be talking with some other companies that provide immersive experiences in order to talk about the awesomeness and, we think, the importance of immersive adventures. For our first ever podcast, I am excited and fortunate to be in the presence of Jim Dean, who is the creative director for The Haunted Walk. To start off, if you had to tell somebody who didn't know anything about The Haunted Walk, what's the blurb that you would give them? Well, the Haunted Walk, we're Canada's largest walking tour company, and we're really best known for our ghost tours. We do ghost tours in Kingston, Ottawa, and Toronto, which focus on, of course, the many ghost stories, kind of the darker history, uh, or the kind of forgotten history, the unknown history of those cities as well. So it's kind of showing... Uh, locals, a different side of where they live, work, and play, and giving guests kind of a, a different appreciation for those cities when they come to visit. That is an excellent pitch. It actually goes really well into the next thing that I was going to ask, because you already sound quite drawn into the Haunted Walk. Back when you started with the company, uh, what was the initial draw to the Haunted Walk for you? Like, had you had any previous experience with immersive walking tours or any other sort of immersive experience, or was there something else that was the draw for you? Well, in hindsight, you know, a lot of these things become 2020. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, at the time, I, I, probably, I probably didn't realize the path I was on. Uh, in public school, I remember, you know, you go to the library every once in a while there in the school, and the section I was always drawn to was the area that had, like, the, the UFO, the Bigfoot, and of course, the ghost stories, all of that unique kind of stuff. I can't, I don't know why, and I still don't know why it particularly uh, calls to me, but it's always been um, a fascination, a fascination with the with the unknown and really what the possibilities are. So, you know, as I continued to go on, you know, I would start making haunted houses at summer camps I went to and things of that nature. And I always engaged with that, you know, that spooky kind of content. So, when, uh, when I came to Ottawa, when I was doing my graduate degree, I thought the Haunted Walk was hiring, and I needed a, a summer job, you know, to, to help pay the bills and that kind of thing. And I thought, well, this would be a really cool thing to do. I mean, I had a little background in, in public speaking, so it's fairly comfortable, you know, talking to mm-hmm. people and knew how to, how to present a story. And uh, so I applied, got, got the job, and, and really it was all I could have hoped for. It really is an exceptionally fun thing to do, leading people around, you know, sharing some, some great ghost stories, a few laughs, and one of my favorite parts is kind of at the end of it all, you feel a little bit like a like a group, you know, even if there's, you know, four or five different couples, a family, at the end of it, it's kind of like you went through something together, and, uh, you know, it kind of feels like you make friends on, on every tour you give, so that, that's kind of what led me down the, the lines of becoming a tour guide. That's such an excellent answer, and yeah, I can I can definitely attest to that. When it seems like with a lot of different immersive experiences, it's like you're going into this other world, and it's like only the people in that group have gone through that experience together and entered that world together, which is such an I think such an exceptional part of the immersive experience. Even more so when it's you know I wouldn't use the word dangerous, but in our case, 
but some things are like bungee jumping or uh, you know the the edge walk around uh, the CN Tower. When there's kind of when the stakes are high, or in our case, when you know the stories are scary, I think that's even more true. Uh, yes, people, you know, they've survived something together. Exactly. Yes, definitely an exciting experience. For those who don't know this, the Haunted Walk has been in business for over 20 years. And yet I know for me personally, having worked at the Haunted Walk, I've had people who have come back several times. I actually had a couple on my tour a couple nights ago, and they'd been on that very tour, I think, at least twice. So why do you think people continue to be drawn to the experience of being immersed in haunted history? I think a big part of it is just people love stories. And hearing stories is kind of one of the, the most basic ways humans have entertained each other uh, since we first started gathering around you know, campfires 400,000 years ago. So there's something very, I think, ingrained in us uh, to hear stories, to listen to stories, to share stories. And, you know, sometimes the stories can be, can be re- repetitive, or you can hear the same story more than once, and sometimes get a totally different um, insight or, or feeling about it. So I think any time just that we deal in stories uh, is a big part of it. But also, I, you know, it's always different. It's kind of like, you know, you, the expression, you can, you can never step in the same river twice. And that's just with our own personal experience of, you know, cities, places, whatever it may be, history in general, but often, you know, we changed. So when we do this experience again, we often take, uh, our guests often take, you know, new people with them. So it's always slightly different. It's always um, new. So while there are parts of the experience that are repeatable, there are certain stories, for example, particularly in Kingston, which we've told for close to 25 years, not, not radically different during that time, but, you know, having having new guests with you, new visitors with you when you're doing it, new friends and family uh, that you get to share the experience with. It's, you know, it's kind of like a game of telephone, I think, in some ways. Is, you know, someone tells someone, I went on this great, this great tour, why don't you come with me next time? They go together, that person tells the next person. So there's a, a real part of human nature, I think, is being able to kind of find the best experiences and then share them with people, either by word of mouth saying you should go do it, or, hey, come along with me. I think you're really going to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's so true. And it's it's really cool that you say that because, yes, like so many of the stories have been recited for such a long time. But yes, on every experience, it does feel like everybody's getting that personalized encounter because, you know, we have some tours where people you know, see more spooky things than others. Some nights are more calm. And yes, when you bring new people, it is a really different experience to share that. And that's, again, such an amazing part of the immersive experience is that, yes, there is that comforting sort of constant, but then there's that excitement that every, you know, every experience is going to be slightly different and you don't exactly know what's going to happen. But that's our tour guide certainly love that. But as you say, Everyone is different. You never know what's going to happen next. And often it is um, delightful and surprising at the kind of unique twists and turns that each individual tour might take. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I know when people have asked about the Haunted Walk and about, you know, giving those tours, they say, oh, it's always interesting because you can have done the tour so many times as a guide and then, you know, 
they get some sort of twist that you don't expect or a door unlocks and opens on you by itself and you just have to keep going and the guests really get a lot of energy from that this has been great segues into the next questions so, um, so similarly i think to a lot of the shows at Single Thread Theatre, all of the Haunted Walk tours are research-based, so of course the buildings on the tour are actual buildings that you can walk by, you know, in the city at any time. And the stories that occurred within the buildings have also been researched and have happened to real people. Like, what's your take on that? Do you think that the Haunted Walk would have had perhaps less of an audience if the stories on the tour were fictional or maybe just a different type of audience? It's a very good question. And I wonder if there's a difference between if we had started the company today versus when we you know, did start the company back in, in 1995. Back then, you know, there was only, I think, we were the third ghost tour company in Canada at that point. Mm-hmm. So there was definitely, and, and Glenn, our founder, tells the stories of, you know, there was some skepticism we would meet with people just about doing the concept of a, a ghost tour in, in general. So, you know, people, I, the classic story has to do with, a, you know, a woman who comes up to him as he's holding the sign there, you know, crossing walk starts here kind of thing. And, and this woman says, I think the tickets were $5 each. At, oh my gosh. Point, wow. And she says, you know, what, they're going to pay you money just to walk around? <laughs> and, you know, of course, close to a million customers later, the answer to that question was yes, but in those early days as the concept was really just starting, and probably for a good 10 years or so, having stories that were uh, really based in history or having historical information that is as factual as we can make it, we found very important because there's a bit of a credibility issue with ghost tour companies. So we have found it very important just from a, a credibility standpoint. And, you know, because when you're telling a story that's maybe hard to believe or, you know, a ghost story where something uh, fantastic or miraculous happens, you know, if you get the, the date of confederation wrong earlier in that story, it really undercuts kind of everything else you might say. So if you want people to, to believe and really become um, engrossed in the experience, you don't want to give them any easy ways to, to fall out of it, if you know what I mean. Exactly what you're saying, you hit the nail on the head there, because I think too when the stories are based in reality, there's the excitement for the guests that, oh, perhaps something like this could happen to me if it happened to somebody else. And also when they come back, perhaps if they're living in the city or if they're just coming to visit, and then they pass these buildings that they've heard about, suddenly they see them in a completely new light. So many of the buildings on the Haunted Walk, you know, a lot of the places look fairly innocuous, you know, not like anything haunted or crazy would have happened there. But then, of course, when you learn about it, you see it in a completely new way. And I think it plays really nicely to another basic part of human nature is that we all kind of like to be know-it-alls. So, <laughs> you know, if, if, if you learn kind of be a secret or an unknown fact uh, about a building downtown or nearby where you work and then you know you're you're going by with your friends or family or co-workers or whoever and you can stop them and play to a guy for 30 seconds yourself did you did you know about this building and i think people really enjoy that so um and sometimes you'll all hear snippets of people on the street kind of retelling one of our stories 
which always gives me a good, uh, a good chuckle. But, you know, people, it's, it's a part of sharing, being immersed in the experience, and then those, those folks being able to create an experience for their own friends and family, which I think is a, a really neat part of it. Yes, that's so cool. Exactly the experience kind of carries on. So we both know that all of the Haunted Walk guides have a very distinctive look. They've got the cloak, they've got the lantern. A lot of times locals, whether they're going on the tour or not, they go by and they go, oh, there's the Haunted Walk, or they make spooky noises towards the guides. How did you find that costuming really contributes to the overall experience? It's, it's very decisive. And over the years, it's been very clear. If you have two tour guides standing there, and one has more of a, a basic costume, shall we say, and other, other tour companies, of course, don't do what we do. We, wear, we all dress in black, we wear cloaks, we carry lanterns. But even, even with that kind of description, if we have a, kind of like a basic haunted walk guide, this is a haunted walk guide who's kind of up their costume a bit. Maybe they've got some type of uh, Victorian dress on, or you know, an interesting hat, or just small elements to increase the costuming, customers will want to go with the person who has the more elaborate costume. And Mm -hmm. I'm not entirely sure what the exact reason is for that, but I suspect it has to do with the kind of the core issue is that if if someone's going to take you around for, uh, you know, an hour and a half, 75 minutes and share stories with you, you want someone, you want your tour guide to be someone who is really into it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think as well, the immersive experience, whether you're going on a haunted tour or whether you're engaging with some sort of other world that you've never really engaged with before, it can be very vulnerable. And so if you see somebody there who is completely committed to it, I think you feel a little bit more at ease. Actually, again, man, we're just segueing right into all these questions. Uh, So I've found, uh, particularly with immersive theater, at least, audience members tend to hold themselves back from walking around the space or engaging with the actors. And this makes quite a lot of sense because the social script of going to see a play is that you go inside, you sit down, you don't bother the actors, you stay quiet. In your experience, do you find that people tend to hold themselves back from full engagement with the experience? Or do you find that most people tend to jump in with both feet? Good question. Now, I think it's a little bit different on a, a walking tour or one of our haunted walk experiences compared to the, to the theater, because I think you make a good mm-hmm. point. Kind of the, the, the social scripting of what happens at the theater is much stronger and much more mm-hmm. pronounced. On our tours, I mean, it's, it, it can really vary. It depends on, on person to person. From my own standpoint, for example, I'm a very introverted person. So if I'm on somebody else's tour, I feel empathetic to the person and I want to do everything possible, you know, so that the tour guide thinks that we're a good group, we're all going to have fun, I don't want to mess up the performance in any way or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I myself might be a little more uh, reserved if I don't fully understand what I'm supposed to do or or what's going on. You see this also with performers like um, uh, magicians or or mentalists where they take people out of their comfort zone a little bit. I think that can be or handled with good communication. So you let people know what's going on. You'll see in the group, sometimes the group gets, gets totally into it, while other times they'll be much more reserved and laid back. And so I don't think there's a, a catch-all to 
to get people to engage, you know, in kind of the most engaging way possible. But I also know at the same time, you can't judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. And with The Haunted Lock, we know that, you know, some, we love it when people really respond to our stories, as you know. Like when someone laughs at all your jokes or is visibly <laughs> scared at the story you're telling. I mean, that's gold. Oh, yeah, you feel great. Like, yes, I nailed it. You, you can totally feed off that. But we also know at the same time, if you finish it too, or there's been, you know, a couple who's been very quiet or a family, they'll suddenly come up to you at the end and say something like, they were blown away with the tour, they were really freaked out the whole time, and the look on their face was actually kind of like fun fear, as opposed to, you know, not wanting to gauge or not wanting to have fun. So it is, a, you know, anytime you pull people out of your, their comfort zone, that, that can be tricky, but I think there's lots of ways of handling it to make it fun. Like giving people not not forcing people to do things you want to put people on the spot but invite people really to participate with you yeah that's so true i was exactly the same as you i was you know before i got into any of the immersive experiences i was the one who was standing back i didn't want to intrude in any way i didn't want to mess up any of the performers and i think with especially immersive experiences you can't quite judge the quality of the experience by whether people are jumping in with both feet or whether people are standing back because sometimes I think, like you were saying, the people who are maybe holding themselves back a little bit actually have so much care for the experience that almost a little bit tentative to go in and they are really enjoying it, but just in a different way. Yes, totally. Yeah. So to end it off, we're going to do like a looking into the future sort of question. So if you had a crystal ball and you had to look into the future of immersive experiences, what do you think is coming next? It's a good, it's a good question. And there's lots of different threads you could pull on. Certainly, I think, and I don't know the time frame on this as I'm not a technologist, but obviously VR, virtual reality, is coming in a profound way in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that's going to be 15 years from now, 20 years from now, but when you give artists the ability to create reasonably rendered uh, 3D spaces, digital 3D spaces in which narrative can unfold, well, that, I mean, that, that greatly excites me because really then the sky is the, sky is the limit. You don't need to be in a, in a physical location, mm-hmm. but there is nothing quite like being in the physical location. If we think about uh, Alcatraz, for example, we can create a simulation of Alcatraz that would be quite good, but it's never going to be the same as being there. You know, getting a feel of the air temperature, um, mm-hmm. the sights, the sound, the smells, all of those things together kind of uh, combine. So I do think, you know, escape rooms have been good in the sense that they have, they have pushed the idea of people going out and doing things together as groups. Which is um, which is really important. So I expect we'll see some more creativity, some more innovation around kind of group activities and group things to do. And obviously, the haunted walk we're, we're pushing that in a few ways. But, you know, one general point just before we go that I'd like to make is that every experience is an immersive experience. You know, and, and maybe this is my marketing background as well, my creative background speaking. But, you know, if you think about uh, Disney as as a company I often talk about, you know, one of my favorite parts of Disney, uh, Disney World, if you can go to theme parks, is the queues for the rides. You know, sometimes you're stuck in line, 
if you're there in the you know, peak season, you can be in line an hour. Mm-hmm. But they create these really intricate uh, lines where there's lots of things to keep you busy. They also put the parts of the Caribbean is the one that comes to mind uh, offhand. You're kind of going through the, the dungeon area. There's some, you know, the bones of two guys who are playing chess. Uh, even the detail that you see, the I think the pieces on the board are what they call a dead man's game or something, a game where no one can win. And you know, it's, it's all that attention to detail that, that all combines. So even in a, I would say, in a theater experience, it is still an immersive experience from start uh, to finish, even if people aren't doing outside of the normal, the normal bounds uh, of what we'd expect during a performance. You know, what happens from the moment they set foot in the theater all the way getting to their seats, uh, the program, obviously what happens on stage, what happens in the audience, I mean, it's, it's all part of the show, and that's something I know you've heard me speak about uh, before. So I think it's an important thing to keep in mind. Immersive experiences are different, really, than experiences. What I think we're really saying, and what you may be saying, is that you know, with immersive experience, we're putting a, um, a higher level of participation and allowing the guests or the, the spectators to kind of produce the show for themselves in their own way if you're kind of creating the narrative together, creating the experience together uh, with the crowd, well, you know, that, that, uh, for my mind, that, that's something pretty cool. Yes, everything really is an immersive experience, especially in the context of these immersive organizations where, yes, like when you're completely immersed in the space, everything is part of that. Um, one of my professors had an excellent definition of the immersive experience. It was something like um, the aestheticization of the lived experience. You know, it's not like you're doing anything completely out of the box, right? Like with Haunted Walk, you know, you're walking from place to place with immersive theater. You're following actors around a space that you've probably been to before, seen before, but suddenly because it's part of this other world, everything is seen in a new way and it's like you're doing everything for the first time even if you've done it several times before. Well, it's a great point because I mean, it's a haunted walk. Essentially, the only reason the haunted walk works is because the city or the location we're touring in is different at night. Very small difference changes everything. It changes the setting, it changes the tone, the atmosphere. All of that changes, but really it's a a very small shift in perspective of, you know, a, an office worker downtown or something. You know, they see these buildings every single day, but maybe they don't see them at night. And uh, a slight shift in a perspective can really open up new possibilities for them. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. This has been an awesome conversation, and I really appreciate it. That was my pleasure. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening today. If you liked this podcast, be sure to follow Single Thread Theatre on Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram for more updates on our upcoming shows and more information on all things immersive theatre. 